Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 and verse 13. Uh, I want to today, uh, it's very important to make sure uh, that we're understanding what, what's God saying to us as a church family. You know, we've had an incredible beginning of the year. I've taken some time to uh, give us some understanding biblically about beginning a new year. And, and we always talk about open doors. But remember, we've looked at the value of both closed doors and open doors. We saw in Revelation chapter 3 and, and uh, John's letter to the church in Philadelphia, Jesus said this, I'm the one that holds the key. And I can lock a door, close a door that no man can open. That he said, no one can open. How, how many are thankful that there's some areas of your life that Jesus Christ, by his power, can close that door and say, that's never coming back on you again? How many are thankful for closed doors? How many are thankful some things are over and done? And Revelation doesn't say that no man can open. He says, no one can open. That means the devil can't come back through that door against your life. How many are thankful for closed doors? That's critical. And he says, I can open doors that no one can shut. So we've, we've looked at that. But it's important we're making application in our lives, individually and corporately. And then we just came out of, a, I believe, an incredibly important and strategic 10-day fast. So as we look at this, uh, what we're learning about closed doors and open doors, moving into a new season, as we have dedicated and given that time to God for this uh, this 10 days of fasting. And let me tell you, the, the, the results of that are already amazing. I had someone stop me today and said, Pastor, I had, I had two daughters that had not spoken. And, I, and, 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 and believing for my family to be reconciled, I thought that would be the hardest step that's ever happened. And said, this week, they talked to each other. God began to bridge something. God's bringing healing in my family. It's, it's amazing. I've had, we've had families who've had children estranged from them, who haven't spoken in years, and they've called their parents as adults and say, we're going to get this thing back together. God is restoring families. He's restoring homes. He's restoring marriages. We've had people already tell me, Pastor, I'm having some things happen financially for me that I've never seen happen before. God is moving. And I want us to today uh, connect the dots. I want us to not just look at, at, at what's happening. Okay, this Sunday was this message, and then this Sunday, just isolated uh, sermons and messages. But what is God saying? Where is God taking me individually in my journey? Where am I headed? What's, what is God doing individually and as a church family? You got me? So that's what we're looking at. Do you know, I, I want to make a couple of statements here about just uh, bringing us into Colossians. What we have in front of us, I want you to listen to these terms because they're, they're incredibly powerful. And I'm not really sure the church in America today is uh, communicating this, these truths properly. Okay. I don't believe I know more than anyone else. <laughs> I'm studying, growing, learning every day myself. How many are still under construction today? You say amen. But I have a concern about the gospel that we're hearing in our nation today. Is it biblically? Is it, is it, is it based on the word? Or is it being fashioned and shaped by culture? So let me, let me tell you something. We have an opportunity in front of us always, but particularly right now, 
as we respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing and God's Word, as we respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing and to God's Word, we have an opportunity right now, I want you to get this, to literally see our lives move from this direction to that direction. What I'm saying to you is God has the power to change our lives. Not just comfort us in the middle of our trauma, but heal you from it. Deliver you from it. Transform our lives. Everybody understand what I'm saying? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the declaration of the gospel is the greatest news that any human being will ever hear. And this good news is this, that God loves us enough to save us just like we are. How many are thankful for that? How many needed some work when you came to Jesus? Yeah. So he loves us enough to save us just like we are. And, I, and that's kind of where the church is hanging its hat right now. But that's not all the gospel. He loves us enough to take us, start with us, start with us, just where we are. But he also loves us too much to leave us in that condition. How many are thankful you're not who you were when you came to Jesus? How many are thankful you're not yet who you're going to be? So, you know, we're on this journey, aren't we? And we're moving forward. God has the ability, church family, to change the direction of your life. The gospel is greater, stronger, more powerful than just comfort you in the middle of your crisis. I I, I say it like this. You've heard me use this phrase. There's more to the gospel than just helping us rearrange the tomb we're living in. God is bigger than to just help your tomb to be a little more comfortable. The good news is God can do more than just, you know, send your tomb to a fixer-upper. He can do more than just putting new carpet in your tomb, new pictures on the wall of your tomb. The gospel is he wants to resurrect me out of my tomb and close the door behind it and not go back in it and start living this life that's out here. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That, and that's what we're seeing. So, so what, we're, what we're understanding is the direction of my life can change. What I'm understanding is that I can be released I can be set free from the lifestyle that used to control me. So, so what I'm sharing, teaching, preaching, what the Bible's written to do, why Jesus went to the cross was not just, uh, you know, to pat me on the back and say, you know, I still love you in the middle of your mess. Thank God that he does. But he says, I can do something about that. I can deliver you from that. I can set you free from that. And so we're not just a giant... And boy, I, I may step on some toes. I, you know, do you know, I find in my preaching when I preach the Bible, I step on toes when I don't know I'm stepping on toes. So I'm just, in, I would encourage you to not wear your steel toe boots. I would encourage you, let me step on the toes and, and quit putting them there. <laughs> and, and maybe we'll stop the process. But fair enough. Don't protect your toes. Quit putting them there. And the world will quit stepping on. Okay, everybody with me. Okay, come on, this big boy church today. Big boy church today. Big girl church today. So we need to see what God can do. So let's look at Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. I love these verses. Notice this with me. Speaking for God, of God, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. We don't live there anymore. The word dominion speaks of a king of a kingdom of authority 
So the Bible says, watch this, when we come to Christ, we didn't just join a church. You should do that because you need to be part of a family. We did not just sign a card, make a vow. We literally, by God's mighty hand, were transferred. One translation says, rescued. We needed rescuing. One translation says, delivered from. So when I came to Christ, he put his hand on me. And he said, I'm going to take you from where you are under the dominion and authority of darkness. If Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God, Satan is the king of that dark dominion. And so the Bible says God put his hand on you and me and literally took us by his power out of the hands of the devil. How many are thankful for that? And transferred us over to a new kingdom. Okay? Powerful. It's what the cross is all about. So let's keep reading. For he has rescued us, delivered us, transferred us from the dominion, the control, the authority of Satan's kingdom, darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Hallelujah. Verse 14. In whom, Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. It's a powerful statement. Now, some of you are old enough to know the comedian uh, Flip Wilson. This is going to be a real, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to spare you. Some of you who wouldn't know Flip Wilson if he sat on your lap. That's all right. There was a comedian, bear with me. And, and I, don't, well, I don't want to go there. He, one of his alter egos was Geraldine. This was in the day when you could do a comedy skit and it didn't have an incredible cultural meaning behind it. I mean, he dressed like Geraldine, then he took it off. That's all I'll say. He, it, it, there wasn't a confusion there. So, so Flip Wilson had this alter ego called Geraldine. Geraldine was always in trouble. She was always in trouble. And every time Geraldine got called on her actions... Her favorite saying was this. She'd always look at you and say, the devil made me do it. So it was never Geraldine's fault. You understand what I'm saying? Geraldine was okay. Just the devil made me do it. Okay, everybody with me now? Whether you know who that was or not, you get the gist of this. So there's a lot of Christians living over here in Geraldine land. Understand? Now, we were supposed to have been transferred, rescued, delivered from Geraldine land. We were supposed to have left this behind because the Bible said you were rescued, delivered, transferred. I don't live here anymore. I don't belong here anymore. And what it says is that I, I'm still me. We still got this old sin nature, right? Do we have the capacity to, to be Geraldine? Oh, yeah. Listen to me. But here's the deal. No longer does the devil have the authority to make me be Geraldine. You get the difference in this? If I want to act like Geraldine, that's my business. That's your business. And there's a lot of Geraldine in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. But the good news is he can't make you be Geraldine anymore. His authority is off of you. So I can't live my life in darkness once I've been born again and and, and say it's not my fault. I can't do anything about it. The devil made me do it. That's good news for some and and a reality check for others today. But the good news is 
I don't have to say it is not true anymore that the devil controls my life. For all the authority and right and access he had to me was broken through the blood of Jesus Christ. And by the mighty power of the Holy Spirit, God literally walked into the kingdom of darkness upon my confession of Jesus and told the devil, you don't have him anymore. He belongs to me. We are moving out today. And he brought me over and planted me in the kingdom of the Son of God and forgave my sins. And I don't ever have to go back there and act like that again because he has no more authority over my life. That's what that verse says. That's what I want us to see today. Do I have the capacity because I'm still in this world to do the bonehead stuff? Yes, but I don't have to. And the power of God is here to keep me from that. I'm supposed to be moving in this direction, not back that one anymore. So I'm not who I was the day he grabbed me out of darkness. Hallelujah. I'm not yet who I'm going to be, but I'm sure not that anymore. Come on. So the gospel is enough to forgive us, and it's also enough to change us and transform us and bring us into this new kingdom. It's not just a legal status. I was a citizen there. I'm a citizen here. No, it's the literal power of God that comes and works inside of our life. So, so this is this, this, I want you to get this. Let's don't miss anything because I want you to move from here to there. Amen. I want your family to see, Hey, wow. She moved from there to here. Look at him. He was there and now he's here. That's what this world needs to see. That's what we're preaching. That's what we believe. That's what we see God do. What would give us the utter audacity to think that we and, and, and our, and our resources compared to the billions of government money that we could open up a ministry for women that are dealing with addiction to be set free when when the when the uh, the percentage of success in in the secular programs is single digit what would make us have the audacity to think we could do anything different because the power of almighty god because we believe no matter who you are and what you are and what has you in darkness, the power of God can deliver you, transfer you, take hold of you, and bring you over here and change your life. And that's just the beginning. Someone say beginning. That's the beginning. It's not over. It just started. You got me? So let's look at this. What do I do? I simply, I want you to get this. I simply do this. I agree that the Word of God is true. I'm, if I'm a lost person, I hear the gospel that says Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins and that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So my only way I get out of darkness into this place is I say, I believe you, Jesus. I believe you love me enough to die in my place. I believe you love me enough to shed your blood on my cross. And I believe that and I accept that. And I ask you to forgive me and I'm yours. It's that easy because he paid the price. So what happens when I repent? It's just that. The word repent, I come over here in Geraldine land again, and it's a whole lot dangerous than Geraldine land. This is devil land over here. This is darkness over here. So over here, somewhere sometime, I repent. The word repent doesn't just mean I'm sorry, I don't want to pay the consequence. Repent means this. Repent means a change of mind and direction. So in the middle of this thing, I stopped, listen to me, I'm trying to help. I stopped defending my sin. I stopped debating my stronghold. 
I stopped excuse. I don't want to live over here with a group of people. I'm, sure, I'm going to step. I'm sorry, step on toes. The church is not a giant support group to make us feel better living in Geraldine Land. So I'm not looking for a bunch of other people to say it's okay that what I'm doing is wrong and I already know it's wrong. I'm not looking for a lot of people to agree with me. Oh, it's okay. If it's okay, why are you all over here? If it's okay, why is your king king of darkness? Okay, if it's okay. Okay. So if it's okay, why did it take Jesus dying on a cross and shedding his blood if all this over here is okay? Okay. So, so what happens somewhere here, I simply say, you know, <laughs> I'm wrong. He's right. I'm not going to make this work, but Jesus can. I'm not the answer, but he is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I just, I change, I change. I change my mind. I confess he's right, I'm wrong. Are you with me? I surrender. I give up. I repent. I f- forgive me. And not only forgive me, you got me. Okay, see that? You're mine. I repent. So I've been walking this way. I'm walking this way now. I start this journey. I'm repenting. Now what happens? Watch this. The moment you do that, someone say moment. The moment you do that, God doesn't say, okay, you're on probation. You've been a bad one. I mean, I don't know if I can trust you or not. Well, he doesn't trust us. He trusts himself. He didn't say, no, boy, you've been a bad girl. No, we're going to put you over here. If 12 months you still feel the same way, then you come back and we'll talk. No, the moment, God, I'm sorry. I blew it. God, I confess. I've been wrong. I can't change this. Every time I try making it worse, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe you. The moment. Somebody say moment again. The hand of God come and jerks me up out of that place and brings me over here and sets me down. And I'm a son or a daughter like I have served him all my life. He just accepts us. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we repent. And what does God do? God rescues us. He rescues me. And you know what happens when he rescues me? He breaks those chains that held me over there. He doesn't drag the chains over here with me. Are you with me, guys? He doesn't bring anything of that kingdom into his kingdom. If he rescued me, he broke the chains on the rescue. Is anybody listening to me? He didn't drag hell over here in this kingdom. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to forgive you. but No, he brought you over here. But you're still pretty... You weren't, it hadn't been very long since you were there. You repent, he releases you. He delivers you. He rescues you. Listen to me. And you know what happens then? He heals you. All the brokenness that kept you there, all the craziness that kept you there, all the dysfunction that kept you there, he heals you. I repent. What does he do? He rescues me. While I'm here, he starts the healing process in me. And you know what he does? Because of all that stuff that was there, he fills me with the Spirit of God. So how do I keep from going back? Well, I've been, I'm being healed. I'm filled with his Spirit. See, all that stuff, you know, that I used to, you know, all this stuff over here you thought you had to have. You had to have. And it's so important. And it's this, and I can't give it up. And this is what I want. And you come over here in the kingdom of God, and you eat one meal in the kingdom, and you go back, dear God, I was eating out of a trash can. I thought I had everything I want. I was a fool. I thought I had everything I ever needed. I'm over here in the garbage, and I get over here, and I'm just in the house. And look at this. And that doesn't hold me when I found something better. 
See, that doesn't draw me when the voids are now filled with the presence of God in my life. See, I'm going to be tempted if I'm empty. Empty people are hungry. Empty people keep looking for food. And if all I do is let him put me here and forgive me and nothing changes on the inside, then that voice over there still sounds pretty good to me. But if I come over here and taste and see that the Lord is good, when I come over here and I find that I have someone who sticks with me closer than a brother, when I find that somebody loves me when nobody loved me, somebody died in my place, somebody walks with me and talks with me and And this voice over here is saying, hey, George, don't you want some of this stuff? And now I'm over here and I look back with my mind clear and my eyes open. And I say, are you kidding me? I don't want that garbage anymore. I don't need that trash anymore. I'm eating at the table of the Lord. Empty people get tempted and full people resist it. We're in the kingdom now. I was over here in repentance. All I could do was repent. And God rescued me and brought me over here. And now he's healing me and putting me together and making me different. And I see this thing through the eyes of God. He does that. Did you hear what I'm saying? He does that. We're not over here telling you, come on, try harder, be harder, be better. We're saying surrender. We're saying let God do this. Put your life in God's hand. See, I know that that's... That's it. I'm not going to spend my time trying to <laughs> tell people living over here how to live better in the kingdom of darkness. That's not what we're going to do here at Calvary. I'm not going to try to make it better over here. I'm not going to enable people over here to stay there. I'm trying to call you out of this and bring you over here and let you find everything this Bible told you is there. Do, do, do you leave some people over here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You leave some people over here. Can I give you some good news? You'll find some different people over here. (laughs) You'll find some other people over here that you'll never meet while you're over there. And why do you and and, and why do we want to drag all this stuff with us over here? Leave it. Leave it. It's all a counterfeit. It's all a substitute. Anybody with me? So so do you see the kingdom? Is that is that clear in front of us? I want you to see there's some doors that ought to close here. Because there's some incredible doors to open over here. And God begins this process. Man, we're not perfect, but we're moving. We're growing. So, so what does this look like? Look at Galatians. I'm going to want to give you a couple places to illustrate this. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. We need to read this. Galatians 5, 16. You say, Pastor, I know this. Do, do you really? Do you really? I, well, it's not that we know it. I didn't ask you, have you heard this? My question is, are you doing this? You know, are we doing this? Are we living this? Are we living this? That's what's important. Spirituality, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating, drinking, or talking. It's a matter of kingdom of God, our life, being full of the Holy Spirit. So look at Galatians 5 with me. This new life over here. Watch this. Watch these two contrasted. This kingdom, that kingdom. Galatians 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That nature is in us. We're born again, but that old nature has this voice over here calling. Hey, come back, come back, come back, come back. What did Israel do? They prayed, God help us, God help us, God free us, God free us. Get us out of the bondage and slavery of Egypt. And they traveled three days and said, oh, I want to go back. First time they got thirsty, just go back, just go back. You know what? There are going to be times, listen to me, if you're living over here, 
and you're not walking with God, staying in the Word, staying in fellowship, loving God, letting Him show you, you can get thirsty over there and all of a sudden this looks good again. In fact, we use that in our culture, don't they? Talk about people, you know, trying to hook up. They'll tell them, they are so thirsty. Anybody ever heard that term or You know what they're saying? Dear God, they'll date anybody. They're so thirsty. Well, let's stop being so thirsty. Let's stop being so thirsty. Let's quit, let's quit running back over here to get a drink. We got a lot of water right here. A lot of water over here. A lot of good water over here. Living water over here. Maybe, maybe you haven't drank enough living water to change your appetite. <laughs> maybe you haven't developed your taste for this water because you know so much about that water. Huh, come on. Everybody hear what I'm saying? If you're over here, it keeps sticking your neck over on this side. You got this long straw. You needed to change your appetite. You need to drink some living water. You need to get your head out of that cesspool and get over here in the living water. That's where we go. That's what the Word says, doesn't it? Live by the Spirit. You'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. I mean, come on. We don't need a Ph.D. in theology to get that. Everybody good with that? We, need, we got it. All right. Now, let's keep reading. For the sinful nature. Okay. So, let's talk about this place here. So, everything I'm about to read, don't defend this. Don't excuse this. Don't blame this on your mama. Huh? You're not doing this stuff because you're a victim. You're doing this stuff because you're thirsty. You listening to me? Okay. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other. You're at war with that. That's at war with you. It's not your friend. Okay, so, so they are in conflict with each other. Watch this. What happens when you stay over here? So that you, look at this. You do not do what you want. Over here, you're a prisoner. Over here, you keep saying, I want to stop, but I can't. Over here, you keep saying, I don't know why I did that again. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. That's there. That's there. If you're born again, you've got a door to go over here. But that's what's over there. Okay, so let's keep reading. So watch this. Uh, Verse 18, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under this law. Okay, here, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Okay, obvious. Again, no Ph.D. required. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. You say, well, I ain't got any idols in the house. Glory to God. You know, I'm clean. I'm good. Thank God. No idols, no witchcraft. Well, I'm not through. Pardon me. God's not through. Hatred. I see a whole lot of that online. I don't know about you. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition, dissensions. So, you know, every time a church split, somebody was acting over here, right? Okay, that's what I thought. You see if you the same thing about me. Factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before. Are you, are you reading this with me? Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can call yourself anything you want to call yourself. 
the word says this doesn't come in. All right, everybody with me? Now, was he one of those preachers? I'm not preaching anything. I'm reading the Bible right now. Now, let's go to verse 22. Verse 22. So what's over here? Let's talk about where we live. Someone say where I live. Talk about our neighborhood. This is our neighborhood, okay? Let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit. See, fruit doesn't grow overnight. And so as I live over here and I'm drinking living water and I'm in that Word and I'm loving you guys and I'm worshiping and I'm honoring God and I'm growing. I mean, I was a, I was a mess when I got here, but I'm staying here. And so I'm planted here. Somebody say planted. I'm planted here. I'm not, I'm not living over here on the bare edge looking back over here all the time. Okay. I'm, somebody say planted. You, you need to get planted. You need to stop saying I'm going to be a Christian until a better option comes by. <laughs> I'm going to be a Christian until, until he asks me out. <laughs> I'm going to be a Christian until she says hello. I'm going to be a Christian until they say, I got to say this at work to get this. And then I'm going to run over there for a minute and I'll run back. Now, I'm planted. So, so now you have to be planted to bear some fruit. So I'm looking at our lifestyle. Life, say lifestyle. How do I live? What are my relationships like? What does my home look like? Come on. Isn't, isn't this where we want to go? Okay, so I'm planted. I have to be planted, and there's a process so that I bear some fruit. Oh, now look at this. This is, this is where life gets good. This is life at the highest level. So, so now, in my life individually and in my life for those around me, now let's watch this. So the fruit of the Spirit, notice this doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. This is one package. I hear every, every once in a while people read this say, well, I don't have much patience, but I do have uh, joy. No, no, no. You don't pick and choose this. This is one. Everybody say one. This isn't fruits. It's one. All right. What people do to the word, you know. I, okay. The fruit of the Spirit is, think of your life. Who doesn't want this life? Is love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Now, let me let some, mine might be different. Faithfulness, keep going. All right, so we all said gentleness, self control against such things, there's no law. Now, think of your, think of your marriage for a moment. Think of what we get to do. Think of your marriage. Okay, here's your marriage. Think about the last time that went on. Think of this. Rather than that, Love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. This isn't let's make a deal. Well, if she will, I will. Well, she didn't and I'm not. I don't see any of that. This doesn't say bargain. I'm just going to be good. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to have self-control. What a marriage. What a marriage. What a church. Come on, what a church. Do, do you see the power of this, of what God does? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to edit a whole area, and, and, and I don't want to come to this, okay? Think of this, what God does. Where he, so what did I say? I may be over here trapped, addicted, in a mess, shamed, embarrassed, debauched, and all I have to do over here is repent. God, I'm sorry. God, how did I get here? I know you're right. I believe your word. Thank you that you love me. I, I believe you died for me. I accept that. Forgive me. Come live in my life. And the hand of God, whoo, 
So that boy needs some help. Let's rescue him. Come on. Are you thinking? Send the rescue him, Holy Spirit. And he puts me over here in a kingdom of his son, forgiven, redeemed. And he says, now, George, you're here. We we need to heal you, boy. (laughs) You've been delivered. I didn't drag those chains over here, but you've got some voids. Are you with me? You got some broken places. You can be broken in the kingdom. You can have voids in the kingdom. And what, what we do is that we begin to plant ourselves in that word, in his presence. We worship. We honor him. We sang that song to begin today. I really, we don't have time. I wish we could come back after this message and, and have that whole worship set again. Because I'm going to praise him in this. I'm going to praise him. You stay planted. Just because I'm in the valley of the shadow of death today, I'm not going to pull my roots out and go back over here and say, well, it was better over here. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm here now. I'm planted. You need to make a decision. I'm planted. And I'm planted. And I begin to bear this fruit. What happens? God begins to heal me. I'm not broken. I'm not broken. Look, listen, listen. Healed people heal people. Broken people break people. So I'm healed. I'm being healed. You're filling the empty places in my life. Listen, if you've got a big hole in your front yard, big hole here, you know what's going to happen every time it rains like it's doing today? That's going to fill up with water. You can curse the water. You can hate the water. You can dread the water. You can hope it doesn't rain again. You can fuss and fret and stress because you know the next time it rains, that hole is going to fill up. Or you could fill the hole up. Because it is going to rain again. But guess what now? When it rains again, you don't have a hole in your yard. It's been filled. Is the devil going to be the devil? Yes. Is life going to be life? Yes. But the next time life is life and the devil is the devil, I don't have a bunch of holes in my life. I'm over here being filled with the Holy Spirit, being healed by the mercy of God. And this time the rain doesn't do to me what it did to me over there. I live my life. I face the world. I go through reality. But I'm not that place anymore. I'm over here bearing the fruit of the Spirit of God in my life. So let me share this with you, and then we're going to pray. I saw this recently. I thought it was so good. And it said this, the gentleman said, healed people, come on, I'm closing. Listen, listen, listen. Healed people see differently. You see over here things you didn't see over here. Come on, listen with me. I want to help us individually and as a church. Healed people see differently. Listen to this. When you're healed... When you've been healed, you have a different perspective of life. How do I know you're over here? This is rubber meets the road right here. Are you with me? Here's the close. Because stay with me. When I'm healed, I have a different perspective over here than I did over here. What does that mean? Listen to me. Because when I'm healed, I stop using yesterday's pain to filter how I look at today. Until you get healed and delivered, you will look at everything that happens in your life through this filter of brokenness. And you know what happens? Everything still looks broken. Healed people see differently. Their perspective is different because they stop using yesterday's pain to become today's perspective. Everybody with me? Healed people hear differently. What do you mean? Listen to me. You actually hear what was said, not with yesterday's wounds, rewording everything you hear. When you're over here, broken and messed up, 
you can't even hear what people are saying to you. Because once again, like your eyes filter what you see, your ears are listening to everything, everything, based on what was said to you yesterday. And the devil just rewords the narrative all the time, all the time, all the time. Are you with me? You don't hear what's being said. It's, 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 really, it's really unrealistic. Okay, here's the last thing. Healed people think differently. You see differently. You hear differently. You think differently. Why? Here's, here's what happened. You stop accepting as normal what you know you can be set free from over here. Can I push some buttons right now? I've been doing all day. Can I push some more buttons right now? Stop saying. Well, this is just who I am. Stop saying, I'll never change. Stop saying, this is how everyone treats me. No, that's how you see everyone. That's how you hear everyone. That's how you process everyone. Everyone's not the person that hurt you. Everyone's not the person that lied to you. Every person is not the person that betrayed you. Everyone is not the person that did that stuff to you over here. You need to be healed over here and see what's really there, not what you saw there. Hear what's being said over here, not over there. And think like you think over here, not broken over here. Are you with me? You know what, what happens? I need to stop defending what I need to be released from. If I need to be set free from this, stop defending it. Stop debating it. Just say, you got me. Heal me. Change me. Deliver me. I want to live my life the way you created me to live. So let's think about that. What would healed families look like? My goodness. What would healed marriages look like? See, church, when we're over here healed, listen, listen to me. Uh, uh, when we're healed, when we're being healed, healed and being healed, let's use that term. When we're healed and being healed, we want to bring broken people to Jesus. Listen, but when you're healed and being healed, you don't fellowship with brokenness. They're not your posse. They're not your friend group, whatever term you want to use. When you're healed and being healed, you don't fellowship with brokenness. You bring brokenness to Jesus. You have compassion because you've been there. But that's not your boys. That's not your girls. See, my question would be, if you're healed and being healed, why do you gravitate to that? Why do you want that? Why do you want to go back over there? Why do you feed that? Why do you talk about that? Why do you converse with that? Why is that my people? If I'm over here, why do I keep wanting to go back over there? If I'm healed and being healed, why do I feel more comfortable around broken than I feel around whole? You need to ask yourself some questions. Why is this my comfort zone? When I've been put over here, this is who I should feel right around. That happened to me. Didn't it happen to you? I remember when my parents used to take me to church. It's an old corny joke, but you need a joke. It's been a little heavy here. You know, when, when I was a child, I had a serious drug problem. Serious drug problem as a child. Every Sunday morning, my parents drug me to church. Every Wednesday night, they drug me to church. Every Sunday night, they drug me to church. Every revival service, they drug me to church. And, 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 and in that condition, I remember sitting there as, as a prodigal son thinking, what am I doing in this room? I remember thinking that, sitting in church, saying, I don't, I don't relate to anybody in here. 
You know how you're young and arrogant and dumb? I thought I knew more than everybody in that church. I said, ah, they don't know what they're doing, man. I know what's going on. These people. I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel like that was my place. These aren't my people. And you know what the strange thing happened to me? Over here in darkness, the hand of God touched my life. And you know, I, I think out of mercy and humility. And that little church I used to make fun of, guess what happened? That's where I met Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said, come out of here right now. Shut your mouth and get over here right now. And you know what happened? I'm not, I'm not making this up. I didn't stay there but another few weeks and I moved. But for the rest of the time I was there, I'm in this place. I mean, I'm over here and I'm smart and I'm arrogant and I'm dumb and I don't like anything and I don't belong. And I give my life to Jesus and this crazy thing happened. There weren't any other young people in that little church, but I started liking all the old folks in the church. And you know what? The pastor started preaching better. And the song started sounding better. And I started feeling at home in that place. You know what? I was with my people. And it wasn't about what we looked like on the outside. And it wasn't about how old we were. And it wasn't about our common experiences and all that stuff. You know what it was about? I had a common Savior. And he jerked me out of there. And, you know, I felt more at home in that place with people 30 years older than me than I did all my crazy boys over here. You got what I'm saying? Someone asked you something. If you're planted over here, why do you keep wanting to come over here? Why do you keep wanting to fellowship? Why does this pull you when you've got this thing over here? Come on, stand on your feet. Worship team, come on, hurry, quick. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. You don't need to leave yet. We need to pray right now. Come on. How many are thankful that God can heal us? How many are thankful that he's healing us right now? How many are thankful that he has delivered us, transferred us, jerked us right out of that place, put us over here? I'm thankful. See, guys, listen, you can't do that for yourself. Can I give you some news? Listen to me. I couldn't transfer George Sawyer. I couldn't deliver myself. I couldn't make that move. All I could do was repent. Aren't you thankful for repentance? Aren't you thankful for honesty and just saying, man, I blew it. God help me. I've known people to get saved that didn't know the right words. Are you hearing me? I've known people to get saved. God looks at that heart. I've known guys, they said, Pastor, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know Bible. I didn't know anything. I just said, God, if you could do something, do something. Isn't that awesome? And God did something. Huh? There's no formula. The plan is, I trust you, Jesus. I submit to you, Jesus. I need you. Are we in that place today? Are we in that place today? I'm still in that place right now in my life. You know what? I want to stay over here. Who wants to stay? I want to keep planted. I want to bear some more fruit. I don't want to go back over there. So you know what I do? I'm, I'm walking with him today. I'm standing with him today. And can I tell you somebody that you, maybe you're still over there online later on in this house right now? My worst day here, I wouldn't trade for my best day over there. Did you hear what I said? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. My worst day on this side was better than my best day on that side. Man, he's a good God. He's a gracious God. So I want us today, wherever you are on your journey, let's maybe do a little root inspection. Okay? Because if your roots are good, your fruit will be good. Let's stop looking at the fruit. Let's check out the roots. Are you staying planted? Are, are you drinking from the well? Are you walking in this word? Being honest with yourself, if you keep living right on this line between darkness and light, why do you want to be there when you got this whole world over here? Are you still trying to drink over here and live over there? 
<laughs> you know, so you know how you keep having trouble over here? Because you're drinking this nasty water and it's killing the roots. <laughs> and you say, you know, this Christianity doesn't work for me. Well, it's not going to work over there. Wasn't designed to work over there. It's supposed to work over here. You get this. I don't have to say it anymore. It's clear enough, isn't it? Today. Yes, Lord. He said, God, he said, boy." That's what he said. I got it. <laughs> what does a healed church look like? Come on, think of that. That's what my question is. Can you look, look at this? This is an awesome gathering. But I want to be a healed church. Are you with me? That we live over here. Come on. Let's, that, that we function this way. That we treat each other this way. That on good days we're over here and on bad days we're over here. Everybody with me? In a crisis I'm over here. On, on the mountain I'm over here. In the valley I'm over here. A healed church. A healed church. How we treat each other. How we work with each other. How I treat you the way I want to be treated. How I talk about you the way I'd want you to talk about me. How this is a safe place. Where we're mature enough. Come on, let me. can I hit you one more before I go? That this thing is bigger than me. It's bigger than me. It's not just about me. It's about we. Everybody, everybody get that? Okay. So I want to I go back to that third song. Let's, let's run to the Father today. I love that phrase that said uh, something along this line. I preach better than I sing. So, uh, my heart needed a surgeon. Wow, cut me free. <laughs> cut that cancer out, God. And my soul needed a friend. Are you with me? If you'll let him deliver you from here, if you'll accept Jesus as your Savior, you can get to know him as your Lord, as your best friend, as your greatest friend. And the longer you live over here, the less you want to go over there. It just, there's nothing there. Just nothing there. So can we run today with your heart? So Pastor, what do you mean run? Well, let's look at this. Let's do this. Come on. Can we be real enough? That we're not going to judge and wonder and speculate and worry about who said this and what somebody thought. It really, you know what? I, I, I got to tell you, I got to be honest. Man, I love you guys. Here's how it works for me. I love God. He's first. I love my family. And I love you guys right there. You're number three. I don't love you more than God. I don't love you more than I love my family. But I'm going to tell you, you're, you're three. You're right there. Nobody I love you more on this planet than my family and my God. I love you. I love you. And I want you to know this. I believe that, that we can be a place where people can find God and be loved. People can come from anywhere and be loved. People can come to an altar and, and, and all we do is love. Say, God, I was there. I was there. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.